Hello everybody. Well, this is your very favourite, your very own Pastor Iris, bringing you the most gorgeous Florence Sutherland this morning. Hi Florence, how are you doing? Morning, morning, morning Iris. Morning. I'm doing really, really well and very pleased to be here this morning. And good morning, everybody. Oh, she's got a big smile today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> My goodness. I, you know, we, we always have such amazing chats here. And I'm just going to kick off today on our special program. But it's always special when Florence is here. She puts in a lot of hard work, you know, for TCR. So I hope you all appreciate her and listen up. Listen up, people, because we've got something to share from God. The thing is, we don't know how it's going to work out. So we would be just pleasantly surprised, I think, at the end of it all. But I picked up some information on, you know, God's provision. My God shall provide all your need. You know, in these times of trouble, he is my hiding place. That he should be yours too. But my God shall provide all your need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.19. Well, praise God for this bold, faith-filled and encouraging promise. It was written in a letter from the Apostle Paul to the Church of Philippi. And he was in prison in Rome at the time. And this generous, loving church had sent him a gift. It wasn't the first gift that he'd received from them. In verse 16, he writes, Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent time and time again for my necessities it is out of a heart full of gratitude that he blessed them and with this promise that my god shall provide all your needs according to his riches in glory in christ jesus well this blessing of promise of provision is more than an encouraging cliche you know rather it is based on the sure word of god Yes, God's word, the Bible, is full of testimonies and examples of how God provided for his people. In Deuteronomy 2, verse 7, Moses reminds the children of Israel how God had brought them out of Egypt and had provided for them in every way. He tells them, these 40 years the Lord has given or has been with, with you, you have lacked nothing. And then listen to David as he sings out in Gratitude to God in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. David and Paul speak the same language, the language of faith. Although years apart, they trusted the same, all-powerful, all-providing, ever-present, all-knowing God. Just as David could testify that with the Lord as his shepherd, he lacked nothing, we can say that in Christ, we too lack nothing. That is the truth, because... And I quote here, uh, 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God. 
to be encouraged all our needs are covered by all his promises. To be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. Philippians 4, 6. And be blessed with abundance of his supply and may your cup overflow. Well, that sort of says it all in today's troubled times. And I'm just wondering where God is going to lead us today. Florence, what do you think? Well, it's quite interesting that you start with the with the promises of God, the promises of his provision. And um, I think for this season, where a lot of people are being made redundant and a lot of people are wondering what's going to uh, become of them, I think it's quite a poignant uh, thing to remember that our God will supply all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. Now, sometimes I wonder what that looks like, but there are also a lot of things that I wonder how they look like. And in that wondering, it always makes a lot of sense to put what the Bible says into practice. Because as I do that, then I begin to see it work itself out. I begin to understand what God is actually asking me to do and what his promises uh, are telling me about. Because without putting it into practice, we will not see the fulfillment of that promise in we, it, it reminds me of that Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And I found that very helpful not to lean on my own understanding. Because you know what? My own understanding is going to tell me that there is a pandemic. The high street is shut down. There are no jobs. People are being made redundant. There is nowhere to go to find work. How am I going to find the provision? And if I go with the thought of my mind, I'm going to begin to doubt. And then I begin to understand why the Lord says, do not rely on your own understanding because your own understanding can limit the work of God in your life. It can limit your obedience. It can also undermine your faith in him. Because don't they say faith is the substance of things hoped for? things unseen in the evidence of things that are hoped for. And our mind, especially in these days, persuades us to see before we believe. 
but the word encourages us to believe before we even see. So yeah, you know, I, I think that is the challenge really, you know, to trust that it doesn't matter how the world looks out there. He has said he will provide all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That's amazing, isn't it? I mean, really, would you suggest that God is our hiding place or Jesus is our hiding place? Mm -hmm. That's really the, the, the thing, isn't it? And um, I know that one of the, the, the main, I know you've got a lot of, lot of things on your heart, Florence. What does that open up for you when you think about Jesus as our hiding place? Well, it, 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 I, I love I love the way you 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 describe him this morning, uh, Jesus, our hiding place, you know. And the question for those that are listening out there for me this morning is, how does Jesus become your hiding place? Jesus becomes your hiding place when you accept him as your personal Lord and the Savior. And then when you have done that, you, you then make him the Lord of your life and begin to live in him. And those are processes, aren't they? The first one, you recognize that actually John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Because you see, life here on earth is a temporal. We are all going to die one day. The body is going to die one day. But God promises us life that is eternal through Jesus, his son. So that, that's the first thing. We recognize the sacrifice that was made for us through Jesus Christ. But the recognition alone is not enough. In a, we need to then move and accept that gift that was given to us. You know, I can you can bring me a gift, I can look at it, and I can leave it on the shelf without doing anything about it. And you know, sometimes I think a lot of us have done that with the Christ. God has given him as a savior, as a redeemer of our lives. But we have taken that gift and we have put it on a shelf and we have not received, acknowledged, or even accepted the gift. And so in order for us to begin to see Christ as the, the one that meets 
all our needs, we need to first recognize him on a personal level, you know? And, and, and you might be saying, oh, but how do I do that? How do I do that? Well, you do that by realizing that actually the Bible says all have sinned and they have fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we look at our lives and we think, oh, but what have I done? And it's easy to get caught up in what, oh, I, I do this and I do the other. I haven't done anything wrong. But you see, fine for me, if the Lord says all have sinned, if his word says you have sinned, then it's useful to actually stop, listen and say, yes, I have sinned. Because it's when we come to a place that we recognize that we have fallen short of the glory of God, that we can then move to say, so God, what do I need to do? And the Bible is clear. In the Revelation 3, verse 20, it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone opens the door, I will come in and sup with them and he with me. So when we acknowledge uh, Christ as Lord, we acknowledge our sin and repent of our sin, ask him to forgive us of our sin, to wash and cleanse us. And to say, yes, come in and be my savior. That is the beginning of our walk with Christ because he will come in and he will make his home with us. Now, when he has made his home with us, we can then trust him to provide all our needs. But, you know, the Christ making a home with us is just the beginning of our walk with him. You know? Because once he has made his home with us, we need to make sure that he is also the center of our lives. You see, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, and you who have received Christ are the branches. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. Amen. Amen. Very conditional promises. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. So Christ being our provider depends on us remaining in him, abiding in him. 
staying connected with him, but also knowing that we are in him. That knowledge is what gives us the confidence to know that he will provide our needs according to his glorious riches. Amen. Amen. Because we now have a relationship with him. That's right. That's mm. right. Yeah, I, I think that you just hit the nail right on the head. There's no mm. two ways about it, is there? You, you can't get these things from God unless, unless you're doing the right, the right, making the right choices. Mm. And that's, mm. that's a staggering fact because of that provision that's there. And if we follow the wrong route, and still want to go our own way and do all the, the sinning, which in God art, God's eyes is sinning, adultery, swearing, just just a really not good show type of thing, you know. Anything you can put your finger on that is but God just might say, be much nicer if you didn't do that. Mm. You know, it'd be a lot easier if you would just listen to me when I say go this way. Mm -hmm. Take mm. five years to get back to me because you've gone that way. Mm. And I think those are the things that people today are really finding challenging because now they everybody is in the same boat with COVID. Um, mm. and everybody is under the same pressure. Everybody in the world. Mm. But mm. God, that pressure, you need to be fretting. That's, that's the one important thing. I know that we'll come to fretting later on um, as this series progresses. Mm. Um, we've got a few minutes left on this particular session. Mm. I was just going to refer to possibly that on the next session we might talk about God as our hiding place and how we get there and uh, what happens when we get there maybe. Mm -hmm. and see what see what the lord would do about that but uh, taking a look at the psalms and certainly psalm 32 as well is mm -hmm. a good place to be so i think our sessions will be very interesting so do make promise yourself that you will come back and listen to the rest of the series but for now, we've come to the end of today's um, airtime, which is just whisked by. And we will be back soon. I promise you that, won't we, Florence? We will. We will. We'll see you soon. Yeah. We'll see you soon. Yeah. You're not getting rid of us just like that, you know. <laughs> Have a wonderful day out there and keep listening. Bye-bye for now. Bye.